What's going on guys? EMT Life here, back with another story. Hope everyone has had a good week so far. You know, it's almost the weekend. Uh, we're coming here a day early because I got to work this weekend. You know, I work overnight 12-hour shifts and uh, I'm just not going to be able to not going to be able to get a podcast out tomorrow. So it's just going to be a day early. Uh, you know, we get to work. Well, hopefully we get to see the high school football game tomorrow night. Uh unfortunately going to miss my Ohio State Buckeyes play. They play at 7.30, so maybe we'll be able to catch it, you know, running in between calls, but, you know, technology's so great nowadays. I got my phone, you know, constant updates coming on. Uh, I could watch it live if I wanted to in the in the ambulance, so, you know, I got options, you know. I won't miss the game too much, but uh, looking forward to at least seeing some high schoolers play. Uh, you know, it just brings me back to when I was in high school and just the atmosphere of being a, being at a home game, you know, cheering your team on. I just miss it. And I've been out of high school for six years, but, you know, still miss it. Still Friday Night Lights kind of guy. But, you know, i uh just going to recap the week. You know, I pulled a lot of, lot of overtime this week. Uh, I worked on Sunday, uh, just, you know, some overtime there, just a 16-hour shift. Uh, we had one of our calls came out as an alpha-level fall, and, you know, our call system runs alpha, bravo, charlie, delta, echo. So uh, alpha being the least, echo being obviously the worst. And so alpha-level usually means they just fell um, – they want help back up and they don't want to go to the hospital. And the other side of that is echo, which is cardiac arrests uh, and really, really bad breathing problems uh, and then obvious death. So we had uh, an alpha level fall come out, you know. So we go code one, like I explained, code one is no lights, no sirens, just normal driving. When I say normal, I still drive kind of fast to get there because I'm in an ambulance and usually I can do whatever I want. So going code one, we get on scene and uh, the friends are outside just frantic and ambulance and park, get out. What's going on? Oh my God, she's having a seizure. Um, that's not what we got told. So what's going on? So we run inside real fast, no equipment, nothing. Uh, and patient is not actively seizing anymore. Okay, that's fine. So, you know, uh, get there. She had obvious signs that she had seized, you know, bit her tongue. She was postictal, whatever, all that other stuff. And so we got to the truck, get our stuff. Uh, my partner stayed in with her and she had actively seized in front of my partner. So I grab all our gear, stretcher, everything, get her packaged up. We bring her to the hospital. Uh, you know, uh, as far as I know for now, she's fine. Then we had another call come out during the day where I picked up a, a day shift for one of our, for the guy who usually uh, relieves me. He had some personal issues going on, so I told him, yeah, I'll pick up your shift. I'll just work at 36 hours straight. That's fine. No big deal. Whatever. So now he owes me. But uh, during the day there, 
we got a cardiac arrest come out, get on scene. The sheriff's office is already on scene. They're doing CPR. Uh, my medic, she goes, stop. You know, everybody stops. We put our pads on her. Uh, patients in assisted leave, we call it. And we're talking to the uh, sheriff's office and the deputies there. And we're like, hey, this isn't, this isn't right. So I can't say anything right now, but they're treating it as a, a homicide investigation. So unfortunately, I can't give any more information on that right now because of uh, their investigation. So once, once more information, once I get more information on that call and once uh, the sheriff's office either clears their charges, I can't, I can't say anything on that. So that's just my recap of the week. I'm going to lift you off with a little quick uh, message from our sponsor here, and then we'll get into our story. All right, so today's little insight into the world of EMS comes from probably about three weeks ago. So about 1 a.m., my truck got dispatched out for cardiac arrest. So cardiac arrest, you know, means no breathing, no pulse, guy's dead. Uh, so uh, the sheriff's office deputy was first on scene, and he gathered the information from the wife that her husband had taken what she believed to be heroin. So heroin's an opioid, which can be, or the effects of the opioid can be reversed by a drug called naloxicam or short version Narcan. So in our county, the sheriff has allowed their deputies to administer nasal Narcan and the sheriff's office does not have a medical director. So the sheriff himself said that the uh, protocol for their Narcan can be delivered uh, nasally through an atomizer and the adult dose is four mils. So the department I'm at, which is a private ambulance, does not even give four mils in the back of the ambulance. We give our max doses too. So anyway, uh, Deputy administers the four uh, nasally, no luck. So what does he do? Gives the patient another four. So he gave this guy a total of eight mils of Narcan before he even started chest compressions. All right. So we get on scene and we see the sheriff or well, the sheriff's deputy doing chest compressions. So that's fine. I keep doing chest compressions, you know, uh, I, I grab the OPA, which is an oral pharyngeal airway, and I drop that in the guy's mouth. No gag reflex was present, so the airway stayed. I grabbed the BVM, uh, gave the BVM to the deputy so he could start uh, bagging the patient. I checked for a pulse, you know, the guy still didn't have a pulse. So I began uh, chest compressions while my medic started setting up everything that she needed for her IV. Uh, fire, the fire department got on scene. Uh, so our fire department, the only medical calls that they come out to are cardiac arrests. That's the only medical calls they go out to. Anything else is either a vehicle accident or a fire. So 
we usually don't get any backup. But uh, like I said, the fire department got on scene. I directed one of them to uh, start doing the BVM and the others start doing chest compressions. So the deputy could start doing his investigative work on what was going on, what happened, how much he take, all that fun stuff that police officers do. Uh, so while we're trying to do the IV, a uh, patient begins to move his arm, you know, so he begins to regain consciousness. Well, uh, after we stop everything, take the OPA out of his mouth, we sit him up. He starts talking to us a little bit. All right, cool. So put him on the stretcher. We get him in the back of the ambulance. Uh, my partner, my medic, she secures an IV line in his arm. And the deputy starts talking to him. You know, what happened? How much did you take? What was it? All that fun stuff. After a couple minutes, this guy just stops talking. And he just gets a blank stare in his face. Without warning, you know, from him sitting on the stretcher, you know, the stretcher faces backwards, so the guy's staring out the windows in the back. Without warning, he vomits so fiercely that his vomit hits the back doors. And I have never seen a cop move so fast. The cop was sitting in the jump seat behind uh, the stretcher, and he he cleared out the side door with one jump. Like, he didn't even run. He just jumped out the side door. And this dude just, it was like a solid 45 seconds of just him emptying his stomach in the back of the ambulance. It was fucking gross, and it smelled so bad. But luckily, his stomach was empty because there wasn't any food or anything. It was just the, you know, like, the really liquid vomit that just, yeah. But, yeah, it was gross. Uh, but, you know, if, uh, if the sheriff's office had a medical director, I believe they'd be a little more cautious on how much Narcan they use because if you slam that guy with, with even four or even two... Uh, you know, but he got slammed with eight. But if you slam Narcan too fast, you can give that patient flash pulmonary edema where, you know, it's just, you can kill him, basically, is what you can do. Even with giving him Narcan to reverse these side effects of the opioid overdose, you can still kill him with the Narcan. So, you know, I don't have any say in what the sheriff's office does. That's that's not up for me to decide, but I do think that they need to get a doctor's opinion on how they use their Narcan. But anyway, uh, after this guy stops vomiting, you know, my medic looks at me. She's like, all right, we got to give this guy Zofran. So she gave him four Zofran, uh, IV push, and what Zofran does is it's basically just an anti-nausea medication which helps reduce the effects or the feeling of you need to vomit. So he gave, gave him Zofran, uh, and then next thing she said to me was, let's get to the hospital. So I felt so bad for her 
and she had to ride. I mean, it was it was about a five minute transport uh, to the hospital, but still, she had to ride in the back of the ambulance with that smell and just vomit everywhere. Yeah, I felt bad for her. But anyway, get into the hospital, and uh, we actually wash him off outside in the decon shower before we brought him in because there was just just vomit all over him, all over the stretcher, the back doors of the ambulance, the floor of the ambulance, everything was just, it was just vomit, basically. And, uh, yeah, we bring him into the hospital then in a, uh, in a wheelchair because our stretcher was still covered in vomit. And we bring him into the hospital and he goes, so, so what happened? And I was like, dude, you were dead. He goes, really? I, I was like, yeah, man, you know, the sheriff and your wife saved your life. You know, if, uh, if you didn't have a woman who loved you and like a sheriff who cares, cares about you, you'd be dead, you know? And he just looked at me and he was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cause any problems. You know, I don't want to get arrested. And, um, as far as I know, in the state of Florida, if, if you have a medical emergency through uh, drugs and you have to go to the hospital for it, even if the sheriff's office or police department comes out, uh, you cannot get arrested for a medical emergency due to drugs. Uh, it could change, you know, I don't know, but as far as I know, that's how that law works. So um, I'm not saying do drugs, but... You just can't get arrested for it if you have to go to the hospital. But um, in our county, though, we've had a bad batch of heroin going around that uh, has been laced with fentanyl. So, you know, even the smallest amount of heroin, if you got fentanyl in it, you shoot it up, you're, you're done. You know, you're going in cardiac arrest because, you know, you think you're just taking regular heroin and you do your normal dose and now you're... You're screwed, basically. At, you know, you're on the floor, lying dead, and hopefully you got someone, a friend, family, whoever, somebody around you to call nine one one for you. Otherwise, you're gonna lay there dead forever. But um, you know, unfortunately, people are still looking, looking to take the drugs to to get a high. You know, and, you know you're never gonna stop that. People are always gonna do that. Um, that's just the nature of people. You know, we are a very very addictive being uh in i have my own addictions i drink soda like there's no tomorrow and without a soda a day i get a massive headache and i'm trying to be better at it trying to drink more water more gatorades you know something to keep me hydrated and try and keep the the craving away but you know everybody has that addiction you know smoking drugs soda, chocolate, just whatever, you know, we are a very addictive creature by nature and it's very hard to quit addictions, you know, and you just have to look to get help. But, you know, um, we come in, into contact with a lot of people who, who overdose. Uh, some people are still conscious breathing, you know, and are able to look around and, uh, are with it, you know, they're still alive, and some people are dead, and, you know, unfortunately, this one had a good outcome, but, um, 
you know, if they come out of it and they're able to talk when I get to the hospital, you know, my advice to everyone is, is basically the same thing. You know, obviously it's don't do drugs is my number one piece of advice, but even if you have the feeling to do drugs, you know, this, this is why I tell them, you know, well, if you're going to do it, uh, just don't put your family through that again. You know, we get on scene, you know, we got parents, parents watching their sons and daughters just completely go the opposite direction of what, what they know their son and daughter to be, you know, and, you know, I've seen moms cry, dads cry, brothers, sisters, you know, cousins, uncles, just everyone just who love these people so much and don't understand why they're doing the drugs and why, why they're doing this to their body. And they just pour, pour out their feelings to us. And, you know, obviously it, it's hard because you're in a spot where, uh, these people are doing drugs and, you know, in, in your mind, you know that nothing is going to stop them from doing drugs again, even after they get out of the hospital, but your heart really wants to help them. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you're caught between a rock and a hard place, but really there's, there's nothing we can do for them other than reverse the effects of the drugs they're taking now and get them to the hospital. And then once they're released from the hospital, if they decide to do drugs again, we'll be there again to do the same thing. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you don't know how to help those people who have a very, very bad drug addiction. But like I said, my advice to them is always the same. Don't let your family go through that again. You know, obviously they love you because if they didn't, they would never call us. You know, if they didn't love you, they'd let you sit in your room and die, basically, and they'd be calling the medical examiner to come out and get your body, you know? And it is, it is what it is, but that's, that's the hard truth. Uh, everybody has their day. Um, just don't, don't let addictions bring ultimately death, because everybody's going to die eventually, you know, no getting around that. But don't, don't let your addictions, number one, dictate your life, but number two, kill you earlier. You know, I've, I've seen drugs kill 23-year-olds. I mean, they're only 23 years old. That's, that's not how you want your life to go. You know, and, and parents are not supposed to bury their children. That's, that's not how that works. You know, children are supposed to take care of their parents when they get old and hopefully not put them into a nursing home because nursing homes really aren't great. Um, We'll get into stories about nursing homes and how I feel about that or assisted living facilities, whatever you want to call them. But um, I told my parents, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting them in a nursing home. That's, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to take care of them. You know, they took care of me for at least 18 years of my life. They actually took care of me uh, more than that. And I can't be more thankful for that. But for somebody to just push away their family, especially their parents, you know, that's not right. But, you know, like I said, is what it is. 
drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. But that's a real story. Uh, pretty gross story. It happens. But, you know, hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you get through that last final work day tomorrow, you know, Friday. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. You know, uh, do something fun. But don't forget, you know, you follow me on Instagram at EMT underscore life underscore podcasts, you know, and DM me on what you think of the podcasts. You know, tell me some of your experiences. Like I said, no two, no two healthcare workers' experiences are the same. Everybody's got a different story, and they're, they're so much fun to talk about, to learn from. I like talking about it, you know, uh, even the bad ones. You know, if you've got a bad one, DM me, you know, we can talk about it. Uh, I'm here for you. You know, everybody's, everybody in this service is here for each other. Uh, but, you know, you can always listen to EMT Life Podcasts on anchor.fm or anchor. Uh, app, you know, on your phone, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, just type in EMT Life and should come up. Uh, but, you know, enjoy your weekend. Go do something fun with friends or family uh, or both even, you know. And uh, I look forward to hearing from y'all soon. You know, God bless and take care.